0: Welcome to the sermons of Our Savior Lutheran Church in Fort Capel, Saskatchewan. We pray that this may be a blessing to you, and God's word would dwell richly within your heart. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be seated. The season of Epiphany is about the revelation of who Jesus Christ is both to Jews and Gentiles. It begins on January 6th with the visit of the Magi, Gentiles from the east, from Babylon, who brought the infant Jesus gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and then worshipped him. For they knew the signs that God had placed in the heavens, And from the Jews who had remained behind in Babylon, they knew that a great king of Israel was born. Thus, they are the first Gentiles to come and worship the Lord. Today we see the unfolding revelation of our Lord's epiphany, as our Lord Jesus sits among the teachers in Jerusalem in the temple at the age of twelve. In this, he reveals that he is divine wisdom itself, as he converses with them, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. Our Gospel today begins with St. Luke telling us of the Holy Family's custom during the Passover, how they would go to Jerusalem each year for the full seven days. When Jesus was twelve years old, They went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. When they had finished the days, as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother did not know it. It is not unreasonable for them to think that the boy Jesus had not decided to travel with them as they left Jerusalem with the rest of the pilgrims. He was probably with some of his childhood friends, or other families such as aunts and uncles and cousins. And so, supposing him to be in the company, they went a day's journey and sought him among their relatives and acquaintances. However, they could not find him. Imagine the great anxiety which the Blessed Mother and her husband Joseph would have had when they could not find their beloved child. At first, as they traveled, there was not much to worry about. It was natural for children to want to travel with friends and family. But at the end of the first day of travel, he had not returned to them. Now they begin to worry. If he was with others, he should have returned to them by now. So they seek for him among relatives and acquaintances, but they do not find him. Now their anxiety, fears, and distress grows within them. If he was not there, where could he be? What sorts of thoughts would have been going through Mary's head at the loss of her child, given to her care by God? This is my only child given to me, entrusted to me, and I lost him. It is my fault. I have not taken care of him well enough Perhaps God does not deem me worthy enough to have him. Such fear would have filled them both, and Mary especially. And so they go back to Jerusalem. If they cannot find him among the pilgrims who left, he must be back in the holy city itself. They travel throughout the city looking for him, going to all the places that they would have stayed previously, going to the markets, going to every place they could think of. For three days they seek him in jerusalem and could not find him such great distress and fear would have held their hearts sometimes like mary and joseph here we christians look and seek for christ in places where he is not to be found often this happens in times of great spiritual distress and anxiety where we need that assurance at those times when we face doubt when sin weighs heavy on us, when we face trials, and when we bear heavy crosses. Sometimes we seek him in ourselves, looking inwardly, knowing that he said that he dwells in the hearts of all believers, and so if we are true believers, surely we should be able to find him there. We often think that we should search our hearts diligently enough we shall find him. We think to seek him in our emotions, in how we feel. We may overhear those on television or online or on the radio who talk about feeling the spirit or who mention casually God saying something in their heart. And so we think we must seek him there in ourselves. But after much seeking, we cannot find him. Or we may seek him outside of ourselves in other things that ultimately touch on those emotions and feelings, such as in music, or in nature, or in friends and fellowship. And yet, despite all of our seeking, we can never find him there. We may end up lying to ourselves, saying that we must have found him there, but he cannot be found in this way. This does not mean that Things such as our emotions and feelings, that music and nature, that our friends and fellowship, etc. are bad. Far from it. God has created these things. He has given us emotion and feelings. Music is the highest application of knowledge besides theology or the study of God's word. God is glorified by his creation, and he himself gives us friends and family so that we may build one another up and care for one another. Yet just, as, just because these things are good, it does not mean that these places are where we are to seek Christ. This, in this our heart, which is corrupted by sin, can be deceptive. We are not to seek Christ in these places, for we will not find him there, just as the Blessed Mother and Joseph could not find the boy Jesus when they sought throughout all of Jerusalem for him yet here where he was found. Now so it was that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions, and all who heard him were astonished at his answers and understanding. They did not find him in anywhere in Jerusalem, but only in the temple. And in the temple they did not find him in the courtyard, the place where many would congregate and gather for fellowship and to hear the praises that the Levites sang to God. But he was in one of the side rooms that were built into the temple in order to accommodate apartments for priests, teachers, and Levites. Where there would have been what we today might think of as conference rooms or classrooms, so that the teachers could meet with their students for the study of Holy Scripture. This is where they find the boy Jesus. Amazingly, when they find him, he is not standing, as was the posture for learners at the time, nor was he sitting at their feet, but he was sitting in the midst of the teachers, sitting with them, in the posture of a fellow teacher, in the posture of one who was their equal who could both learn from them and converse with them in a way that they too would gain wisdom and understanding from hearing him. For he is not only asking questions and listening to them teach, but he also is answering questions that they put to him. All who heard him were astonished at his understanding and his answers." Surely these teachers had never before seen a boy so interested and so knowledgeable about the word of God. So when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. Mary, overcome with emotion at finding her son, asks him for an explanation. Why have you done this? Have we done something to deserve this treatment from you?" She expresses to him her great fear and anxiety in searching for him, not knowing if they would ever find him, or if he was okay. Our Lord, ever gentle with those who love him and seek him earnestly, with those who are burdened and broken. Our Lord, of whom it is said the bruised reed he will not break, and the flickering and the flickering wick he will not quench, says to her with gentle correction, Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? He says to her, in effect, Mother of all people, you should know that Joseph is not my true father. You have sought me anxiously throughout the city, but you did not need to. Of course I would be in my father's house, attending my father's business. If you would seek me, Seek me here. While yes, our Lord, as the text says, was subject to Mary and Joseph, according to the fourth commandment, Joseph was not his true father. The angel Gabriel had told Mary that the Holy One who is born will be called the Son of God. So to an angel told Joseph the same in a dream. God is his true father, and as a dutiful son, he delights in his father's house, and in doing his father's business. For in the ancient world, the two were one in the same. The house was where business was conducted. Here our Lord, at the tender age of twelve, speaks in all wisdom, and of his divinity, comforts them, saying that they did not need to worry. He was safe, and he could be found where his father was found. The same applies to us as well. If we are to find our Lord Jesus, if we wish to be with him, if we wish to be in his presence, to be comforted by him, we are to seek him where he may be found, in his father's house, doing his father's business. And just as he is found where the word of God was handled with reverence and taught and heard while in Jerusalem, so too it is with us. Our Lord Jesus is found wherever the word is found. One of the ways in which Lutheran churches in the past were decorated was with painting in words over the door to the nave, the place where the people gathered, the words that Jacob spoke after seeing the vision of heaven at Bethel. Imagine over the door as you enter into the church proper. How awesome is this place! This is the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Why? For here, in this place, where we come together to worship the Lord and to receive his gifts, the word of God is sung and read and preached and fills all that we do, and so God himself dwells in our midst. It is truly heaven on earth. Even the words of the service itself are almost entirely all scripture. It permeates the service. It surrounds us. It enters our ears. It fills our hearts and graces our lips. Thus our Lord Jesus is here, for here is his word, and where God's word is, there our Lord Jesus is present, and doing the work of his Father, to bring repentance and the forgiveness of sins in his name to all who trust in him, who have faith in him. And in this he may be found by all, and he is present to comfort us in times of trial and need, where his word is There he is working. There he is present. He is working to heal us, to comfort us, to forgive us, to strengthen us. We do not need to seek him in all those places where he is not, for he must be about his father's business. Whether that is remembering his word as the Spirit brings it to mind, or reading and contemplating on his word at the church, at home, or away and anywhere, Even if we are far away and cannot make it to his house, he is present in his word for us, working through the word so that we may come to trust in him all the more, that our faith may be deepened and that we may find our peace in him. Yet knowing all of this, why would we not want to come to the place where he may be found? And since he is present where the word is active, so, too, he is found in the sacraments. For the Apology of the Augsburg Confession, one of the documents to which we subscribe as a congregation, defines the sacraments as rites which have the command of God and to which the promise of grace has been attached. The command of God, in this case, is his word. Thus, the sacraments in the sacraments we find God's word present and working. And so too our Lord Jesus is working. In the sacrament of the altar, for example, our Lord is present to give to us his true body and true blood to eat and drink along with bread and wine, so that trusting in him our sins may be forgiven and he may strengthen our faith. Thus here, as in the scriptures, we find him, for he has promised to be there. When our Lord first said to his mother, Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? She did not understand. But rather than ignoring the words or dismissing them because they were hard to grasp or because they were not what she wanted to hear, she kept all of these things in her heart. This she has done with all the difficult and wondrous things that happened to her son in her presence, such as the words that the shepherds spoke to her when they came to worship Christ, or the prophecy of the Holy Simeon. These words of our Lord, did you not know that I must be about my father's business? While confusing and difficult for her to understand, were treasured by Mary, for they were words of her Son and of her Savior. In this, she gives us a wonderful example. For while we will not always immediately understand all of our Lord's sayings, all of his parables, all of his actions, Neither will we immediately understand fully all of the prophecies of the Old Testament or all of the epistles and the rest of the New Testament. Rather than simply dismissing these things which are hard to grasp or which may be offensive to us because of our current understanding and the taint of sin within us, we ought to follow the humble example of Mary and keep these things in our heart, for they are the words of our Lord the words of our Savior, which he spoke and inspired others to write. If we keep these words in our heart, our Lord will certainly bless us. For through meditation upon his word, through keeping it close, thinking upon it, discussing it, and the like, we learn about it, and learn from it, and are formed by it, so that we are not conformed to the image of the world, but to the image of Christ, the Son of God so that our lives may be acceptable sacrifices and fragrant offerings through Jesus Christ our Lord, so that we who have come to the knowledge of the truth and come to faith may grow evermore in wisdom and knowledge and so be able to share this with others and point them to where they may find Christ, who alone can take away our sins by his death and grant eternal comfort, pardon and peace. Thanks be to God. Amen. And now, may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Thank you for joining us. May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit bless and preserve you always. Amen.